I don't know how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would have been without me. As long as I know that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be. Back once again with another podcast. This is episode 55 of the It's Time to Refresh podcast. On this episode, we've got some uh, Clubland royalty, Mr. Ian Van Dahl. Hi, yeah. Christoph, as uh, yes. as his friends call him. <laughs> yes. Pissed off Christoph. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, if you don't know who he is, you live under a rock, I suppose, because we've got many, many Clubland anthems, you will, you will call them. Okay. Um, I don't think he likes all these, com- all these compliments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so uh, this is a bucket list episode, I'd say, because... This is probably like you're probably one of the biggest clubland artists there there is really. Would you say over the years? I, I wouldn't say that about myself. So <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. Right. I'm so, just gonna just happy. To be honest, I like the whole clubland scene. It was a good uh, era. Yeah. It was uh, you know good music tunes that people still love, and it's it's happy. I'm happy to be part of it. And still be able to do it, so that's actually Excellent. the only thing I, you know, I'm happy about. So yeah, I get exactly where you're coming from. But um, yeah, we're live in the Premier Inn in Carlisle today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are going to plug that one. Um, I just want to start off. This as is the the sofa. Yeah. So if I have my MC with me, I'll I'll put him here. Genie, <laughs> this is your bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so start off with every, as I do with every podcast. Um, what did you have for tea last night? Tea. That's food. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, it was horrible. I was at Botlands uh, in Minehead, yeah. and you have a couple of restaurants, and we took the the buffet restaurant. So it was like we were happy there was all kinds of dis- dishes, yeah. but they're all old crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, give, give, give so, examples. Huh? Give examples of what there was there. Well, there was like a, a, a potato, baked potato. Yeah. But, you know, know, the skin has to be crispy and all that, but it wasn't. And then there was like a a tikka, no, Indian dish, um, jalfrezi, but it wasn't even spicy. So it was a UK jalfrezi, wasn't it? Indian (laughs) jalfrezi. And yeah, stuff like that. So I'm hoping, you know, after the interview, you can go to the restaurant and have proper food. Yeah, decent, I think, yeah. yeah. Carlisle's finest cuisine, local cuisine. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, excellent, mate. I can't remember what I had for tea last night, so I'm not even going to try remember okay. um so yeah um basically got you on here today not i don't think have you ever like talked about your your your, your story on a, on a online or anything because obviously i do my research being the great great documentation i am and i can't find anything online of you telling your story very limited very limited yeah yeah so, i think one is in dutch or something so you probably wouldn't have found yeah. it so i'm not paying someone for someone to translate that sorry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so you're from belgium but yes. if it's in dutch you do you speak oh well is that your, your native like language dutch yes so uh, belgium has three national languages yeah so the north is dutch the south is French, and then you have like a little part in the east that's German. Yeah. So, and I live in the north part, so that's why we speak Dutch. But my father is from the south, so I actually also speak French. And our dialect is a little bit German, so we speak German also, and then English. So, <laughs> so it's handy for gigs. Then. Yes, it's handy for gigs. You, yeah. you can do your gigs in Germany and Holland and France, so I'm, I'm good. 
Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to go like right back to the beginning with you. Who who's Christoph? Like what? Where did it all begin for you? Good question. <laughs> I don't know. I always liked music, yeah. so um, wanted to do music, and my parents weren't too convinced. Um, but I have an uncle who is like a classic uh, pianist yeah. and I did some um, private lessons with him and he said that I should continue doing the, the piano and, and, and the music and I started doing music school. I did my 12 years of music school, uh, classically trained pianist and all that. Oh, wow. And meanwhile, while doing the whole music school, you know, you st we started started with with buying a computer and making music on the computer. But you know, it's this is pre all the you know today Everything, tools. Yeah. You know, so today it's easy to make music on on a computer. You buy a computer, you have your VSTs. You yeah. know, it's every computer is is stuffed with tons of memory and hard drives and all that. But it wasn't. You know, my first music computer was the Amiga five hundred. Yeah, and then the proper one where i made my music on was an atari 1040 which is one megabyte rom yeah that was a posh one as well yeah <laughs> it, it is one megabyte rom yeah. i don't know if people understand one megabyte rom yeah. and i was so proud i had a hard drive and the hard drive was 60 megabytes <laughs> so it could store some records and every every song had to be on like a floppy disk yeah and then you had like a big midex you had to put on the side to connect all your synthesizers because there were no vsds yeah. so you had to connect all your hardware synthesizers yeah. so that's how we made music you know Excellent. That's the old so when did this way. journey start how old were you the music making uh, basically when i from the moment i started uh, taking lessons i started writing songs mm -hmm. um, i did two three hours of music a day and i started writing songs even yes yeah, at the after the first lessons and then on the computer I was like 12 years old yeah, yeah right. and then yeah. did my first proper demos at 15 16 and then got signed with the record company at 18. excellent excellent so, see, see when you were writing at 15 like your, your, your demos would you say if you listen back to them now are they, are they of good quality or nah <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> always have to think about the what's it called the uh, um the tv show where they 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 show you a message and then after will sell destruct so yeah i wish they would do with every demo i had so <laughs> so, but the band. you can hear well it's not bad bad but you could hear there is something in it yeah but, but uh, i think in order to to get the extra level you need you know to do you need to keep on working and keep on doing and keep on yeah. doing and keep on doing it. Consistency is key. Consistency, yeah, yeah. So it's, I think the, the problem with music, maybe it's today's, for example, music industry, people like to make a cover, a remake. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when you do it, it instantly sounds nice. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to work with. And actually writing original music it's all about being uncomfortable mm -hmm. with it. Out your comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. And you need to be uncomfortable the whole time, the whole time. Everything you make has to be shit. 
and then keep making it and keep making it and then <laughs> one from these 50 demos or 100 demos is like oh this is really good yeah so and yeah that's what i experienced all these years <laughs> so when you uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> so when you got signed was what was what was the track that got signed like what it must have been of a good a decent quality when you're 18 well it was different times so what happened is the label was it was a sub label of EMI yeah and they didn't have any studios they were working with mm -hmm. so they just had DJs and and possible artists yeah. but they didn't have any studio they didn't have anybody who could make music yeah. who was music you know could write music you know could play an instrument and all that yeah. so i when I approached them, they were like, ah, you know, you have your studio, you have, you know, you, you, you can play music, you can play the piano. Yeah. So what they did is they offered me a deal first to sit in the studio with these other DJs and make records for them. Yeah. And like, kind of like a tryout. Yeah. So, but uh, I made three demos and they were all released and everybody was happy. So the... One was, it's a trend song I made, and it was in 96, which became the biggest selling trance record of the year in the world. Not bad. So the other one was like a club anthem. What was the trance tune, just out of curiosity? It's a DJ Young Santo. So uh, if you hear it, you will know it. But yeah. Everybody played it. So from Tiesto to Armin to Nils, uh, to, yeah, Nils Van Gogh to... Um, yeah, everybody was anybody playing, was, everybody was playing. Yeah. so that was good and then another one was like a club anthem and then the third one was a commercial Euro dance and what uh, was that? that was Absalom and then that was top 10 in Belgium top 10 in Germany number 1 in Spain so it's not bad is not it? bad for a start <laughs> for a start off <laughs> hey that's it's a good start to a music career i must say the funny part is when i did Absalom and i had to mix it i blew my speakers and i had to go you know we did like dj gigs with my brother mm -hmm. and we had the old like gb system so there was like the fake GBLs, yes. you know, GB system sounded like crap. Yeah. So I had to go and take the big speakers and put them in the studio. Oh no! Because way. I had no sound, I had to mix it on the big speakers, sounding like shit. So, but end result was still okay. Okay. Do you know something? I find I'd find that so um, useful. So have your studio monitors there, but have like a a, a club ish system. Do you know when you finish music and you go you go to the club and you club test it and then sometimes you maybe hear something? Yeah. Same with the car. If you car test it and you put it in the car and you hear something. If you've got a reference point in your studio of a club sound system, why not use it? <laughs> Actually, one of the DJs, I did a track with one of the DJs yeah. and he car tested it, you know, but it was like, you know, DJ One Finger? It was, so it was, it was like an 808 with a techno sound on it, like do 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 <laughs> something like that and he put it on on this he says i'm gonna car test it i'm gonna car test it so he put it on max volume and it was just this little sound first and then it did boom, boom, <laughs> and it destroyed all the speakers <laughs> i love it i love it so, yeah so you got off to a absolute flying start of yeah, a music career yeah, it was yeah. um so what was the, the record label called sorry if you don't mind me asking so it was um Antler subway which mm -hmm. was part of uh, EMI. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and Antler is the label that does Praga Khan, lots yeah. of acid, um, and lots of new beat tracks. Got yourself in a good place, like sort of straight away as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. you, you haven't got, you've just, just straight in at the deep end as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was good, good. Yeah. And, you know, back in the days it was different. The labels were more serious. It's too too easy to have a label today. Yeah. And back in the days it took an investment, a real investment to do mm -hmm. it. So before starting a label, people would like really think about it. Yeah, you'd and, have to have like and, a proper business plan. And you need and... a proper business plan. You need proper artists. You need proper records, all that. Because if you're spending 10, 20,000 per release, yeah. you know, you can't just release it now yeah. now it's not it doesn't even cost money you know you just make a record use the aggregator yeah. who puts it online on all streaming platforms and that's it so it didn't cost you any money to do it just making the song mm -hmm. but back in the days on top of the, making the song you needed to promote it you needed to press vinyls you needed to go promote it to the radio stations and, yeah. and so it was much more expensive to do it so people thought about you know is the song really good yeah. before putting it out i always think to myself when 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 i when i do a tune right i think would somebody back in the day press this up on like a white label to test to see if it would sell and if it's if it's not if it's i don't think it's good enough that i won't release it do you know yeah. what i mean yeah. if, if if would i part with with physical money to pay for this tune and if I'm like, no, I'm like, well, let's yeah. not get released. It'll just get put to one side. Yes. Um, and I think that's what that lacks a lot in today's music as well, yes. because anyone, like, as you can say, I've seen a couple of these distribution sites online. I can't remember the, the names of them off the top of my head, but there's one like, um, I can't remember if it's called Tune Buddy or something like that. And it's like, literally anybody can sign up to it. You don't even need to have a label or, or nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just, it just, it'll put it on Spotify. It'll put it on YouTube. It'll put it on everywhere. And... It's like there's no quality control at all to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, well, so with 70,000 70, songs added to Spotify every day, you think they're all good? <laughs> no, not a chance. <laughs> I've seen something like the, a statistic off Spotify. Um, do you know when they do your end of year review? Yeah. And I was reading about it and um, it said uh, only 5% of um, the tracks released in 2022 had more than a hundred streams. Five percent. So it shows you how much <laughs> so how much shit there is. But there's a lot of people in that five percent though, isn't there? So it's like think of how much music's just been left in the in the dark. Do you know what I mean? It's just that's it. Whether it's shit or good. I actually I actually have there is a Belgium, there is a guy who actually has a show and what he does is he goes on Spotify and looks for songs that had no no airplay, like yeah. zero and then promotes the record if he thinks it's a good record it just it's for fun yeah so yeah it's like i'm i'm gonna play your song and then it goes up to i don't know how much <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's a great idea just as well to support yeah yeah it, obviously if, if there's a good record out there and it's not getting the attention it deserves then yeah. i think that's a fantastic idea well the problem today is that even if like people always say well if it's a good song it will it will get there yeah but it's not no it's just true you've got to. you've got to. nowadays i've discovered with this podcast i was when i first started doing what the first 10 episodes or something like that i was putting it out and i was like this is a podcast see what you think of it and stuff and nobody latched onto it really get a couple of like my followers that would mm -hmm. latch onto it and then 
when I started promoting it properly, um, paying for ads, paying for everything like that. And it's like, it, it's reaching people now. Same with records. If you're if you're not promoting records now, it's what's the point? You could make the best record ever. Well, basically, even if, let's say you have 500 good records that are offered to the radio station. Yeah. And they add three songs in a week. And one is the new David Guetta and the other one is the new Nicki Minaj, for example. Mm -hmm. Leaves you with one record they could add mm -hmm. that week from the 500 up-and-coming artists that have something. You know, even if 10% of these records is good, yeah. it's still 50 records from which one will be played. Yeah. So, so, you're left with, stuck, isn't it? so you're left with 49 records which are good, which are never going to get the airplay. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a scary, scary thing, but that's yeah. it, isn't it? It's, it's... And so I always say, you know, I got lucky also. Mm -hmm. So I can't say I'm not lucky. Yeah. You know? So is, are there good records that I made? Possibly. Yeah. But I also got lucky. Yeah, yeah. So I and and I'm, I'm honest about that, you know. Yeah. Do you think it was a lot of a lot of things, like when you say you've got to be consistent with your records and stuff like that? Do you think a lot of things is like right place, right time, and stuff like that? Um, yeah. Also, the only thing, basically, music is a weird industry. Um, you have to accept that you can't control everything you do. Yeah. I think that's basically it. A lot of people, artists get depressed and, and are like, oh, you know, I, I can't get there and all that. Mm. But you have to think in a different way. You, you you can write every day. You can promote yourself every day. You can, you know, post and do things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But all that is only maybe, let's say, 20% of the influence you can have on a record. Yeah. And the other 80% you don't control. Yeah. It's the record label, it's DJs picking it up, it's uh, the support, all these things. You can't control it. Yeah. So. You could be the hardest worker in the world and still not, not yeah. get there. So, Just, and you have to be realistic. So the only thing you can control is the amount of work you do. So, and every time you make a song, you have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So the only thing you can control yourself is giving yourself a lot of opportunities by writing a lot of records there's some very good advice i like that a lot and, i do I and do. some people think they work hard yeah but, but nobody actually works hard <laughs> look i uh, together with my you know I, I i did lots of the tracks with eric my music partner yeah yeah we've been writing since 2000 yeah yeah we have oh, like ten thousand records wow that's yeah. an insane. So business. everybody who has thinks they work hard, you know. Yeah. Do you have ten thousand records? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So and that's what you know. And I'm I'm yeah. releasing and I'm having the best contacts in the world and all that stuff. Yeah. And I still have to make ten thousand records. Do you have a couple <laughs> records? You yeah. Know? So yeah. why you think you make ten records and think you have a you need to you know you a deserve yeah, 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 deserve yeah, yeah, the yeah. best deal in the world? You know, I it's know not. You mean. Just be realistic. It's yeah. what I say. Absolutely, no, no, I agree with you. It's it's a really good outlook on on how the music industry is, and obviously you've been around long enough to to your opinion is a valued opinion. I think people yeah. will watch this and be like, "Hmm, that's interesting." I never say I know everything. Yeah. And no, you're just and, talking about your experience. And that's all I can is. only say what I experienced myself. Mm -hmm. And there's always people who can be lucky. There's always people, you know. There's people winning the lottery, you know, so yeah. you can always be lucky. You can make one demo and instantly be famous, yeah. you know, but on average, 
you know it's not it's not, it's yeah. not like that it's this how you work you work your ass off you work a lot you make yeah. so many songs and one of them the from all the tracks that you make there is one that you say oh this is really good and that's the one that make maybe it's gonna do something yeah and then when it does something you have to make sure that you make your money because yeah. that's another one you, you can have a big hit and still not get paid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We weren't talking about that off the podcast at all. <laughs> but yeah. that's no, true. it's true. You know, if I know I know every big artist I know, everyone, yeah, from from the nineties till now, every big artist I know got scammed, you know. So it's yeah. not that it's uncommon, you know, yeah. it is what it is. So so on top of working hard, also you know, be intelligent and know what you sign yeah because that's another issue you know you can have a great song if you make a shitty deal still not gonna make, make money yeah exactly so, and people and abuse it a lot of people would say in the music industry oh it's not about money it's about the creativity and yeah, stuff that's, like that. that's for any artist that is listening yeah. that's the worst thing you can say yeah never go to a record company and say oh i do it for the love of music because the first thing they're gonna do is like drop your contract. No, yeah. no, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna screw him big time. <laughs> That's the only thing you do. Yeah. Because you're not in it for the music. Yeah. No, don't don't be retarded. You know. <laughs> Just say, of course I'm doing for the music because yeah. it's the worst thing. Imagine you make a big record, it's a big hit, and you make zero money from it. Yeah. You're gonna be frustrated on, on top of that. But another thing as well, I see, this is just for looking from another angle, is I see a lot of people who engineer music nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. And they engineer um, a track and or they'll engineer a style of music they're not necessarily interested in. Mm -hmm. And it the, the track might blow up, mm -hmm. right? That The money they could make off that could give them the financial freedom and the yeah. time to produce music they want to do. Yeah, yeah. So that's why money is a, a big factor in the music industry. Well, basically, I'm always open for anybody you know i always help out people if i can yeah yeah so i don't have a lot of time but always take the time to reply to people who send me messages and all mm -hmm. that stuff so um i forgot what i wanted to say <laughs> yeah so it is important to think about what you're doing yeah for example i know guys that say well somebody asked me to produce a track and do a, like a ghost track so they say well they pay me m money yeah. i make a track and give it to them you know in a way i can understand that people do it you know you have some you know you have artists and producers and all that they say oh i, I want to make a certain amount of money each month yeah and they say well if i can do three four five productions for other people get money from it yeah i'll make enough you know to be able to do this as yeah. a living yeah, yeah? Personally, I'm not if like a fan of giving away my rights because mm -hmm. you never know. You never know. And that's the, that's the problem. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. The, um, the Technotronic. Yeah. Pump up the jam. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Cool. yeah. So the guy who made this, yeah. he's not the only guy who made it. He had a guy in the studio with him and he said, can you help me out with this song? And that's the guy who wrote the, the chords on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy said, what do you want for it? And he said, well, it's okay. You do something for me next time. Yeah. <laughs> the original artist made 50 million on it at least. Yeah. That's uh. Do 
you understand? Yeah. And the other one went crazy. And that's, that's you know, mm. I don't say every record is going to make 50 million, but at least always, even if you want to give away a share, always keep some Something. of the share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you know it, it has potential. Yeah. Then it's very important. I never, I always tell everybody never to give away their shares. Make different kind of deals. Yeah, absolutely. There's enough ways to make money of it. That's some very good advice, um, and also absolute heartbreaking that you never got a bear. Like when you see this, whoever was in the studio with them didn't get that their cut of what essentially is the track as well, isn't it? Like them yeah. called that 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 he, that, could, he mm. could have easily said, "Well, give me one third of the records," and that would have made him 10 yeah. or 20 million. Yeah, and it, and it had the, the the freedom to write his own music as well because yeah. he'd have just been living off that. You see, some people who have one it wonders, and they've retired because they've had their one hit yeah and that's it like yeah. but then it, if you are truly passionate about music when you see these people who's in the industry and they go i'm in it because i love it and yeah. and it's like well if, if that's true if you've got a big hit get as much as you can from it so then you can sit and be the creative that you you are well i'm happy that i can do what i want yeah so the songs that i did make it that i don't have to worry about it mm -hmm. and that gives me freedom and i always had the freedom so i never had to do any other job or so so i only from 18 years old i only did music right and cool. that gives you freedom so mm -hmm. i don't have to worry and stress so i can say okay let's try a new genre of music for example mm -hmm. and then spend a month trying new things but not having to worry that I have to make a yeah. record because yeah. else I have no money left. Yeah. You know? Because that's a problem. Like a lot of people, they want to do things, but they are limited. For example, the guys who make productions and being paid for it. Yeah. Because they always do it, they limit themselves. So, but it's it's hard, you know. Mm -hmm. I I have it easy, you know. So I, that's why I also also try to help people. Yeah. So, because I know how hard it is, I know how hard it is to, to have to worry, mm -hmm. you know, about the money and to have to worry about, you know, that will it make it. something and will it get signed and all that stuff. So, and I'm helping. I have a couple of artists that, that I say, okay, you do good productions. Let me help you. Let me, you know, get you a couple of deals. So yeah. at least you can make money and you, you, you can see that. It's ghost producing is not always only way to make money. Yeah. There's other ways. To, Absolutely, to make money. I love that. Absolutely love it. Um, it was, we'll sort of, we, we sort of touched on there that you when you when you you were eighteen that you've never had to go and do something else. So when you were eighteen, sort of going into your twenties, what what was next for you? Were you a DJ at this point, or were you still just producing? Or uh, I basically did gigs, um, but also as an artist. Mm -hmm. So I. You know, back in the days was a Euro dance, so you had to go on stage with your keyboards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like live PA type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I had to do like <laughs> <laughs> and TV shows and then gigs. But we did tons of gigs back in the days. I did like five, six, seven gigs a weekend. So, uh, what part of you been? How old were you when you you thought, "Wow, this is something's happening here"? Some like, like it, it's the it's snowballing. When did when did when did you get that idea? Well, there's always a snowball, but it's a different level. Mm -hmm. For example, when I 
did, did 95, 96, mm-hmm. and 1995 uh, and 1996 and all these things, when it started the productions, mm-hmm. it was already comfortable. So I was doing the gigs in the weekend. I do, was doing productions. I was getting sales. It was in the, you know, I had records in the charts. Yeah. Um, so everything was, you know, fine. But that's, that was on, a, let's say, a national level and like European level. Yeah. So, so were, you, were you just playing at Belgium at this point when you were with your gigs? 96, 97. Well, yes and no. I did Belgium and Holland, Germany, Spain. Mm-hmm. I even did Japan. But it wasn't like, it was success, but not like major, major success. Yeah, yeah. So only until 2000 when I did the Ian van Dahl project. Yeah. Then you see that there is levels in success yeah and that was another level that was it's leveling up sort of yeah that was international so if you're in the charts all over the world it's next level Mm -hmm. it's it's you know you don't realize it until you're there as well sort of yeah yeah so so when so we'll we'll sort of rewind a little bit so 98 99 you're doing are you just doing solo stuff at this point on your own no, no, it's, well, yes, it's not solo stuff. I just, what I did is did, I did create projects. Mm-hmm. So I had like Eurodance projects. So what I would do is I would write songs, get a singer and make it like a band yeah. and release it, you know, like yeah. a lot of you. Yeah. A lot of European Euro artists and that back in the day, didn't they? Yeah. Where, um, cause a lot of people as well, because you were maybe making a Euro sound and you were maybe writing, I don't know, what the other side might maybe like a techno tune and you don't want them worlds to clash. No, I had, I had aliases for yeah, everything. Yeah, aliases for everything. Yeah. So, so. so when you were coming up with that. So can you tell me the story of, of how how did Ian Van Dahl project become a thing? Well, basically in like 98, 99, I had the, the Eurodance projects then the singer got an offer from EMI itself yeah. to do a solo project with them. And she asked if it was okay. And I was like, oh, we did the project for a couple of years, you know, do it. I'll help you with it. I'll write some songs for mm-hmm. you. And then meanwhile, I was like, okay, what's next? And then in 99, I started working with my neighbor mm-hmm. who happened to be, you know, Eric, yeah. who has his own studio also. And then we put the studio together. So we had his gear, his music gear, my gear. We put it all together and then we started writing songs. And then one of these songs was uh, Castles in the Sky. Right. And so we we did that with Marsha, uh, who was a singer who came to the studio to do demos. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, okay. It's not bad, the song. So let's see what the label says. They needed a, a project name. And um, Ian Van Dahl actually comes from Jan Van Dahl. It's like a song. It's like Average Joe. You know, yeah. average, so it's a song about Average Joe. Okay. And it's Jan Van Dahl with its two words. But Jan, I already had a project called Jan. Yeah. So I was like, oh, let's make it cooler and call it Ian. And then <laughs> uh, Van Dahl, we, yeah. would, we would make two words from it 
like Van Gogh, yeah. Niels Van Gogh, like Paul Van Dyck. Yeah. You know, we were like, oh, that's cool name. So let's do it like that. So we had Ian Van Dahl. And then the Dahl, we wrote it like Roll Dahl. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. So, so to to have it like an uh, international appeal. Mm. So and then if you write it down, Ian Van Dahl, it's like, ah, oh, that's actually a proper cool name. Yeah. So... And that's what we offered uh, to the label. And they said, oh, it's shit. And it's a shit name and it's a shit song. Uh, but we will release it anyway. Wow. <laughs> so if you don't mind me asking, can we just go back a couple of steps, if that's okay? When you were writing the track, did you write the instrumental first? Or? Yeah, I, yeah. Most, most of the time we just write instrumentals. So we, yeah. we write tons of demos. And then from these demos, then we say, okay, this has some potential. Mm-hmm. Those are the one that we continue working on, and then we write lyrics on it and, and melody and stuff. Like was that. it the keys that came uh, you know, when, when you first hear the tune? Like, dun, 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 dun. When it, when you know, it's, it's coming in, what was uh Actually, actually, it was because people always say, yeah, "Is it really you who did it all that?" But I wouldn't remember all the things if it wasn't me doing it. Yeah. For example, I know that Eric, because it was at his mom's place where mm-hmm. the studio was. So he was already in the studio. I came, you know, in the morning, came to his, and he was like, hey, Chris, uh, I have this sound and this, can you listen to it? And it was actually just with the kick on it. I said, actually, that's a cool sound. It was a CS6X from Yamaha. Right. I said, but on the sound, I think it's 26, the number of the sound. I said on the sound there's a, a arpeggiator. I said if you take it off and then shorten it and then play with it and make your own chords. So I was like, dit, 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 dit. so I said, you know, you do the um, the two and the, so you chords and then in the two yeah. and in the four. So I was like, okay, why don't we do dit, 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 and then do a progression yeah. and I just tried a couple of progressions and, and then ended up in the melody and I was like, ah, oh, that's nice. So. That's the basics, to the the basic uh, idea idea yeah. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that you had that uh, was it CGA, and then I was like, okay, until the break, we're good. <laughs> so we need like a melody, and let's do like a, a sequence where we follow the chords, but then yeah. with like a cool sound. And then I think we use the Axis Virus, I right. think it was. Yeah, Axis Virus A, we use that one. And then, yeah, add it up, you know, like GP8000 yeah. as a, like a sound to fill it up. And yeah. But... At what point did you sometimes, realize? Sometimes it's just like a puzzle. Yeah. Like, so it's every time you make a, a song, it's a puzzle. It's basically it. So sometimes it goes so smoothly. You're like, okay, this is good. I'll, I'll, this will work with it. This will work with it. This will work with it. And it goes so smooth and all that. Mm-hmm. Basically, everybody says, well, this, you know, the song took only an hour to make. Mm-hmm. Basically, every song only takes an hour to make. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the result is shit and sometimes the result is good. Yeah. But basically, every time you make a song, you can make a song in, within an hour. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, you need many hours to have from all these hours have a good song. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, sometimes it's like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, like, so, ah. at what point did you realize that that demo in particular had potential? 
Was it was it hearing that that sound off? Yeah, but you know when you have the chords and the and the sounds and you're like, oh, this is good. Mm. You, you also have to think about that at that time, sounds were more unique. I don't know how to explain. Like if you if you are a producer today, mm. you can have every single sound in the world. Yeah. Yeah. readily available to you as well everything is available you just go on on like uh what's it um, splice splice yeah. and all these companies you know mm -hmm. one of them where you have a subscription or you buy it but everything is available mm -hmm. so basically yeah even if you buy it or hack it it doesn't matter you can have a computer and say okay i want the spire i want the silent i want the massive i want the uh, omnisphere mm -hmm. i want uh, the uh, arcade uh, outlook arcade i want you know anything is possible you can yeah. have everything but everybody has everything yeah so everything sounds like everything while back in the days you had to make a choice because every synthesizer was a thousand or two thousand pounds. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, okay, what are you gonna buy? Uh, let's buy the 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 the, the, the Uno, or let's buy the Prophet Five. Let's yeah. buy um, the, the the Yamaha, the CS One X. Let's buy the Triton Cork or mm -hmm. the M1. You know, so you had to make choices, and these combination of these synthesizers gave a little bit sound of your studio. Yeah. So. And you had to make all the sounds because mm -hmm. there is no sounds. You know, yeah. you have to make them. You know, you have the hundred twenty eight uh, basic sounds in a synthesizer. Yeah. So all the other ones you had to make. Yeah. So what you did is you made the sound. So if you finally have a sound from a synthesizer which isn't used that much, you know, and all these combinations, then you're like, oh, it's actually cool. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you had more opportunities be, to be unique. Yeah. Also, the state of mind was different. <clears throat> Today, somebody would say, "Oh, let's make a sound, a song like Jack Jones. Let's make a sound yes. like Joel Curry. Let's make a sound mm -hmm. like you know." While back in the days, we would say, "What sound hasn't been there?" Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I, I've found as well what I've, when I've collaborated with other artists and stuff like that, I've found that. Do you not think that? <clears throat> people's inspirations from different places now. See, before, right, before, in the 90s, there was no electronic generation before. Mm -hmm. So um, you would say, take your ideas from, say, maybe <coughs> disco or um, Euro pop or rock music even. And then, but now you hear these new artists who come through and they're just taking inspiration from the club music that they heard the generation mm -hmm. before so the evolution of the of the music isn't mm -hmm. isn't there's nothing new coming because like when we did when i did trance mm -hmm. in 95 96 that was the start of trance yeah so yeah, there yeah. was no trance yeah so you had to create things and and imagine things like how would it be yeah, you know the only <laughs> yeah. sequences. You know that's why you had the Guerrilla, and that's mm. why you had uh, you know all these 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 very Corsten songs and all these you know which were good. Mm. So now they still make trance, but you have twenty years of trance making. Yeah, to eat, to evolutionize that sound. Yeah. So, so that's why I kind of like. Maybe that's why I I also make other styles of music where 
all these inventions and all these standard standardization, how mm. you say it, hasn't been there yet. There yet. Yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if I like would new make it, if I would do something different now, which isn't evolved that much, mm -hmm. you know, it gives you more liberty. That's something that is already like. If I would do rock music at this moment, yeah, you know, you have fifty years of sixty years of rock music. How hard is it to be really original in in in, in that time? In yeah, the, yeah. And as so, you say, so many songs are coming out at the same time as well now. Yeah, yeah. but if you if you, you I've seen um, <clears throat> so for instance, I'll use this as an example because I'm I know a little bit about it. Is the the tech house boom of the early twenty tens? That that sound was its own sound, never done before. Everyone started sounding like each other eventually, but but the original tech house from the early two thousands didn't sound anything like it. Mm -hmm. So when the, the the new tech house came along, these people were making music that hadn't been heard before, and then you see them now, for instance, and they're like the pioneers of that scene. Mm -hmm because of how it's the same with with yourself you come along when the trance music first there's came along of, there's still tons of pioneers like like skrillex is a pioneer exactly. of, of of the 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 drum and bass and mm. and, the, and the dubstep the and dubstep all these thing things, yeah yeah you know so or, yeah. that's that's where i'm getting at do you know what i mean so like he he he's now he's now known as like one of the the pioneer yeah. the godfathers of dubstep mm. and that that genre only came into um, uh, uh, international existence yeah. in like 2013, 2012. Yeah. So, if you if you get in somewhere early enough, you can you you, you can have that freedom of testing that you're not working to a standard or a template. You yes. you, you you can yeah. just and test. I think it's kind of what we did. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff we did in the early 2000s, all the clubland stuff, yeah. was setting a standard for yeah. now. Well, you weren't you weren't working from a template before there was no ian no. vandal before this no, like no, do you know no, what no. i mean or, or any other artists so yeah we're talking about the the castles in the sky thing when 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 you finished that demo and you said about getting the vocalist on so who who wrote the the lyrics and who who come up with the how it should sound was it like was it are you are you a, a good songwriter like lyrically well, I never call myself good. No, well, not good, but like... Yeah, no, no. Like, well, you can't say that the the lyrics are the most difficult in the world. You know, no. you're, I'm not like a poet. Yeah. You know, like some some artists like uh, Leonard Cohen or whatever, mm. you know, are poets and they can write something which, you know, where it makes you think, you know. Basically, it's, it's still dance music. Mm. And it's always good to have some kind of message, mm -hmm. yeah? But basically, you're on the dance floor, so you want something you can sing along with, yeah? Mm -hmm. So, m how it mostly goes is you write a song, you have your instrumental, you get the singer in, and yep. you say, let's get, you know, let's get together, play the track, the instrumental, put it in a loop and say, okay, who has some ideas? And everybody says stuff, and then you end up having something, mm -hmm. you know? It's the same with Didi, when they did Forever. Yeah. So Didi came to the studio, she did some demos, you know, to show she could sing. Yeah. And then I told her, I said, it's nice, you know, you're doing covers now yeah. to show your voice. Yeah. I said, but I want to hear how you are in your original voice. Yeah. So basically what happened is when she came to do the test, I was working on a demo. I put it on, 
the demo and put in a loop, played some stuff. I was giving her an example, yeah, and then ended up writing forever. Yeah, you yeah. singing it. Well, no, no, Didi, it's like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, you 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 interact with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's basically like you know ATB yeah. nine PM. It's the same. He was in the studio. His girlfriend was there. And he was showing his girlfriend how you make music. So he did the do 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 you know? So basically by showing his girlfriend how music is done, he wrote a 9 p.m. song. Yeah. It's a great tune, by the way. So, and it's the same with Didi. She was in the studio. I was like, why don't you do the, you know? Yeah. And then you you start working on it. She's like, let's write some lyrics on it. And then one, and then in a couple of hours, the song was there. Yeah, excellent. I love that, man. So, I love that. So, yeah, so you you finished the, the Castles in the Sky. They didn't like it at the label, but they released it anyways. Yeah. Where, where did it go from there? It had two lives. So it, it did all right in Belgium. It got picked up in Germany. Uh, Dosodai, I think it was. Uh, it did all right in the clubs and then ended up in, like, Ibiza, Mallorca and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And... The English crowd took it back home. You had uh, Dave Pierce from New Life, mm -hmm. PMG, who signed it. So, but just before it was Martin Dot who wanted it. Right. Uh, Martin Dot is the uh, vice president of Sony, yeah. who was at that time managing uh, Britney Spears. Right. So he wanted to sign it uh, for worldwide. So Sony had to get all the Sony companies. And then everybody had to agree they wanted to release it so they could do a worldwide release. So Martin Dot was waiting for all the Sonys. And there were like a couple big territories that didn't want to sign it. Mm -hmm. So he didn't end, he ended up not signing it. And then instead, um, Dave Pierce signed it on a New Life label. Right. And then had his TV show, uh, his radio show on, on the Radio 1. The, the trans anthems yeah. and then from there it picked up and because New Life signed it and released it you know other labels in other countries signed it so it got released all over the world but it, ideal would be Martin Dot signing it yeah. with the push that they have because they had Britney Spears they had I think NSYNC I think also right. so with that push worldwide Good. maybe should would have been better or yeah. not you never you know you never know yeah so yeah. so but what the job that that, that dave pierce did was phenomenal so yeah so i'm, I'm not unhappy so yeah it's, it's what it is i love that by the way i love that so um at what point did you realize that oh this is really sort of took off this track like because uh, obviously you, you know that it was getting played in spain and stuff like that at what point were like did you know think wait a minute British are, are playing this as well and listening to this like I think that well I think the the point that you realize oh this is really gonna do something mm. it was like a peak point in my life mm -hmm. but also my biggest point back into reality mm-hmm so it, it's very contradictory, how you say contradictory? No, contradictory. Yeah, contradictive. period. Right. For me, that moment is very, because the label, our, our label, yeah. called me on the phone and said, well, we have the first results for the records yeah. in England. 
because nobody believed they would do something. And he said, we got to enter the record, uh, the charts on number five. Wow. Yeah. We sold, and it's funny because we sold more records than the week before, the week before uh, Roger Sanchez was number one. Was that another chance? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we were released the next week. Yeah. And we sold more records than Roger Sanchez with his number one. Yeah. But we're only number five because there were so many other so, records. Yeah. Was um, um, Robbie Williams Angels <laughs> knocked one. you off top yeah, spot? Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't beat that one. Yeah. Listen, so, if you're in competition with Rob Williams yeah. in his peak time, with his, yeah. with his number one track as well, uh, we did, you're not doing bad, yeah. are you? But we did we did beat um, Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson, their combined song, and uh, Missy Elliott also, yeah. so we, we're pretty happy. But the so the, the good part was that they said, well, you're in at number five, it's going to go, it's going to blow up, it's going to be massive, mm -hmm. yeah? So you're like, yeah! I'm happy, you know, I made it in my life, you know, <laughs> you, I'm I'm a little kid from Belgium, yeah. you know, nobody believed me, everybody laughed with me and yeah. said I would never make it, you know, I was an idiot to believe I would, would do anything with music, you know, here you go, all my teachers, <laughs> yeah. and then, so that was a top peak moment, and then the next sentence the label said is, well, we need the new single in the two weeks. Oh, <laughs> wow, wow. So... We don't have time to celebrate. Go back in the studio because we need it. You know, a follow up. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. A, you know. So so basically, you, you got thrown back into reality at the same moment. Like, plaf. So yeah, it's good that you've got a starting base. So, um, what was the follow up single to to Tassels in the Sky? Will I? Was it Will I? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, and that was funny also because we had to do a TV show in Germany, mm -hmm. uh, Viva. So it's like the MTV. Yeah. of Germany yeah well the empty old MTV not the new MTV because the new MTV doesn't play music but the it's old the Kardashians one, isn't it <laughs> yeah. so kids MTV played music it was music TV back in the days yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> only music <laughs> so uh, Viva said uh, we want to do live so there was like club rotations called yeah. and they would have artists perform in the club record it and show it on TV yeah so they wanted to do Castles in the Sky. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's do this show. And then they said, oh, by the way, you have to do two songs. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but basically you make a song. You didn't expect it going to be a big hit. Mm -hmm. You're not even working on the next one because you just made it. Yeah. yeah? yeah. So we're like, oh, we have to make another song. So when they called us, we said, oh, let's start. And that day we made the demo. For Will I, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, interesting. So we're like, okay, let's do not like castles. Yeah. Because I hate it when people say, when people do like one record, it's a nice record, and then just say, oh, let's keep the template, erase everything, and just use all the same sounds and yeah. make a so second song, which sounds like the first one. Yeah. I hate it. So I was like, let's do something which is still cool, but nothing like castles, mm -hmm. which, which is nothing what the label liked yeah <laughs> so, but yeah da, 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 i like da, that tune da, da. yeah so we did but it, it, it used to be just synthesizer so yeah. it was an instrumental track yeah so we added did the show and we actually had in germany we had more 
reaction on the will I track on castles. Interesting. That is interesting. So we're like, ah, you know, let's do that one. Put the lyrics on it. Went to the label. And it's funny because the label first said, well, let's just release. Because when it did castles, it was when like Moosty, Horny was out. Yeah, all these yeah, house yeah. tracks. So they wanted house tracks and we were, you know, offering them trance track with vocals. Yeah. So they didn't like it. That's why they were, you know, not eager to release it. Mm -hmm. But then... Because it was a big success, when you brought Will I, the yeah. label said, well, we were expecting something like Castles. I said, but you can't just make something like Castles. You just make good music. Yeah. And, and, and you know, which is also good, but different. I think the business side of music, though, if they, if they can see uh, a template or a, yeah. a, a way that works, they yeah. will milk it as yeah, much as they can. They were wrong the first time. Yeah. So why would they be right this time? Yeah. This is how... You know, if labels tell you they know how it works, mm -hmm. you know, they're lying. Yeah, yeah. Because if they knew they were... how, if it they works. knew, Yeah, what, they'd be the number one. They yeah. would be number one all the time, but they're yeah. not, so they don't know what they, how it works. They're mm -hmm. always wrong. Yeah. So what they basically said is, well, we need a second single. It's not bad. We release it, but it's your... It's your you know, it's your, your um, baby sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 your responsibility if it yeah. if it flunks and all that. I'm like, okay. So and it's funny because when it went in the charts, they're like, ah, oh, we did great. Well done, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we... no, you didn't. We didn't do great. <laughs> I wrote it. You said it was crap. But I did it. I pushed it, and you said it, it's all on you. It's all on you. And then when it's a hit, it's like, ah, oh, it's on me. No, it's not on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. And then we did the same with the next one, with mm. Reason. Yeah. We did just the same. We said, let's make a nice song. Great track, by the way. And we do a great song. Um, nothing like Will I. Yeah. Nothing like Castles. And again, we will have the same shit. And mm -hmm. we had the same shit. So the label said, no, it's too too simple. You know, to, 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 it's, you know, it's F, F, A, yeah. A, G, G, that's it. So uh, just out of curiosity, where did that come from, the idea? What made you want it to strip it back so much? It's it's an iconic sound now, but where did where did where did that come from? Was that just like, did you did you knowingly go for that sound in particular with reason? I don't think like that. No. Basically, what you do is when well, everybody works in a different way. Some people say I have a melody in my head and I play mm. it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I just bump into things. So what I do is, uh, let's say I have sounds and then scroll through all the sounds mm -hmm. do, 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 until I have a sound, which I say, oh, this is a nice sound and then try to find a melody for mm -hmm. it. So that's basically it. Yeah. So, and you know, with the, you had, you had more like a, like a portato on the will I, you know, doo, 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 yeah. doo, which I was like, maybe we, we make it different with the staccatos, yeah. you know, like, yeah. So to have like a, a, a difference in it, well, but you don't do it on purpose. It's like in a, in a little bit in your, in your mind, yeah. like your mindset is like, okay, how you do something different then automatically do it different. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm really happy that you you every, you tried to make each yeah. record. But I had so much trouble doing it. Yeah. Honestly, and then they said, oh, "Like it's okay, but can you make it different?" And I made I ended up making twenty eight remixes of of Reason. 
Interesting. There's 28 versions of it. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I, it's stored like a reason version one. Reason version. <laughs> yeah. I had 28 versions. And then they had the audacity to say, well, let's go for the first version. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I'm I like, like ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... It's I I know the feeling I know the feeling. So and it is simple I know it is simple but sometimes simple, simple is, good. is good. I like yeah, it yeah, because yeah. it's off the beat you know. Du, 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 it's got loads du, of energy du, in du, it as well. Du, du, yeah, you know that's the whole thing. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> do you know my favorite my favorite um, in Dahl track is try. Yeah, that's funny because that's a lot of even I think. Um, are you a hardcore guy then? I a like, I, yeah, I produce hardcore. Because a lot of Bounds and hardcore guys say I like Try the most. Try has got the most emotive. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the instrumental's really emotive yeah. and the, the vocal's got a really, yeah. sits really nice in the track. Uh, don't get me wrong, I like Reason. Reason was my favourite for a long time. <laughs> I'm not... But, yeah. It's good. No, it's actually good. You know... The, I would, I would have been, how you say it? It actually makes me happy. Um, if there, if there would be only one song, if people would say, oh, "I like castles," yeah, and everybody would say, "I like castles," it would frustrate me yeah. because there is many other songs. Yeah, but there is your art ignored, isn't it? Then at that yeah, point, but there is people, for example, in the trance, they say, "I like your." Um, Xanto, the the reaching into my brain, that song. Yeah. And there is others that say I like the Tiesto song, the team from Nomfiel. Mm -hmm. I like that one. That's my favorite. There is people in the club that say I like Baby Boomers, which is a club in like in in Europe, the main country. Right. It's a big club hit. They like that one. There's people who like Didi. There's people who like uh, the Castles Reason mm. Try. So there's like different people like that's different good. songs, which makes me more happy. It. You know, it's like, it's not about one song. At least I'm not <laughs> yeah. a one-hit wonder. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I would yeah. be frustrated if, if you know, yeah. like if Peter Andre. It's a legacy, isn't it? That's what Everybody's it is. like, you know, yeah. mysterious song. What's your other song? Uh, and nobody knows it. You yeah. Know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like a legacy, isn't it? You're not, you're not leaving one song. You're leaving yeah. a legacy. That's, that's But that, I'm, I'm too want more, like my goal would be to have also music in different genres which would do great yeah so that's why i'm, I'm doing a lot of film music and tv music and music for games and, and yeah. all these things to to be like i could be at i'm uh how do you say it proud of all these things also yeah like if fortnite uses a song that i made or I have music in Traffic Cops or Sky Patrol or yeah. like U Ugly Betty or something. <laughs> it makes me proud too. Yeah, I like that. So that's it's a different d d getting recognition from different areas yeah. of in the industry entertainment and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I like that a lot. So I'm also doing. I do urban music. I do K-pop. I mm, do interesting. Uh, um, yeah, pop music, house music. So. M more as a songwriter and producer for other artists yeah but you also you know can get proud of it that you know understandable mate i like that a lot um so we'll sort of like move on with your story then so after all these tunes that blew up in the, the 2000s and that were you just were you traveling a lot 
with gigs and that as well because at this point you, you you've gone worldwide yes and no the, the the whole issue and it's a big issue uh, is because it was successful the label wanted me in the studio all the time yeah and because i had several projects mm -hmm. you know they were like yeah but you can't perform with this one and this one and this one yeah so and that's the point where they decided to say okay let's Ha let's give the project the face of the singer and that's why they started promoting on me as a singer of Ian van Dahl yeah. and telling she was Ian van Dahl yeah. and this and, and Didi was then Didi this yeah. is the face of Didi yeah. yeah so which would put me in the studio just producing and working yeah so and I would I had a deal with the label you know that it would benefit from all the gigs yeah so which of course doesn't happen. That's why I'm suing them. <laughs> but, but this is this yeah, is so understand. basically for all these years. There's been a period of many years where I basically just was producing and producing and producing yeah. and not doing the shows. And other people were, you know, taking credits for the stuff I did and yeah. claiming to be me and all these things. And that gives a lot of people also the the. Um, Confu there is the wrong the, impression yes yeah. and, and there's a confusion because they're all like like who is Ian Van Dahl and you know because everybody saw the videos and sees the singer yeah. and they're they you know it's advertised as she is the one yeah while you know she's just the face of it and yeah. not the whole creator you know yeah yeah I understand that she didn't write the songs she didn't yeah. produce them she didn't create it you know yeah so and it's but it's a lot in in you know it's it happens so much in the industry in, oh, in absolutely industry. yeah yeah everybody yeah. you know if you would know who the real persons are everybody's like yeah but that's the person no that's not the person that's just the face yeah you know? well, i understand that yeah it's a it's a it's a weird place in the music industry isn't it yeah because you can't for example you couldn't go into the the building industry right you build a house mm -hmm. and someone you just go yo you'll be the face of that and mm -hmm. it's like uh, who built the house at the end of the day yeah. do you know what i mean that's that's the way yeah. i see it yeah. um whether I, they get credited or not yeah and i do I, I, it, it, it's also a dilemma for example i dj yeah you know so i i perform as a dj and i make money as a dj and all mm -hmm. these things but i have to be honest a lot of artists don't get the credits they deserve mm -hmm. because let's be honest Let's say you're a cover band, mm -hmm. like a live band, a cover band, and you're playing, and you you're playing a, um, a Kings of Leon song, for mm -hmm. example, or Oasis song. Mm -hmm. The cover band is playing the Oasis song. What do people say? Oh, that's a great Oasis song. Yeah. Yeah. And then the DJ is playing, and the DJ is playing track after track, great track. Everybody's like, oh, that DJ is great. I know that no, the DJ's not great. Mm -hmm. It's great tracks. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then the 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 the, the David Guetta's, you know, okay, some of them they produce. So I'm I can't say anything because at least David Guetta has his releases and Calvin Harris has his releases. Mm. But there's a ton of DJs, you know, they're famous. Nobody even knows why they're famous and they're playing tracks from everybody else, but they are taking the credits while all these artists are making zero money. Mm, I understand where you're coming from. You know? It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because 
a lot of like you say, you've got these 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 producers out there though who who are signing deals saying this and I'll ghost engineer this and then I'll wipe my hands of it, yeah. no credits or anything. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you've got people who are trying to get the right people credited for the right job that they actually did. Yeah. I it's 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 a it's something that's never going to be fixed. I don't think ever. Yeah. No, but I know it's 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 mm. painful, but you know. It's not right if the DJ gets ten thousand, you know, to play an hour. Yeah. And all the tracks that he's playing are making these artists hundred pounds. It's terrible, isn't it? Right, we'll be back again for part two in two minutes. Back for part two of the podcast with Ian Van Dahl. How's it going, mate? Let's do this. <laughs> um, so we got up to like the early two thousands with your story just then, um, with you, with these releases and the album and everything that came out. What did you find? Did you find yourself it was like it was like leveling up, and then it was snowballing itself, or would you feel like you were having to put the work in to promote it, or and stuff like that with with, with your releases and your tracks? Um, I think at a certain moment you don't control anything anymore. Other people live your life. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> don't even have time to think you just go from one in the other place one place to the other one project into the other so yeah it's out of your hands and then <clears throat> basically you don't know where it ends mm -hmm. so the ball rolls but you don't know how far so you always hope it's it's gonna yeah get that extra push and extra push you know so in a way you're disappointed when it doesn't you know you're like oh there is a, le a release now in japan mm -hmm. you know you're like hoping wh where does it end yeah you know which position it would be in the charts and then there's another country another country and you always hope it's number one but it's it's unrealistic you know you yeah. you're not you're not the you know one of these big bands you know the big 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 projects mm. who who control the market and can actually push it into or have a following that that big yeah i think that they get in the top positions but all in all you know you're happy you know you, you yeah yeah you, you look where it ends and yeah you have to it's be an achievement definitely it's it's you know it's like when you do a, 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 a um when you when you're a, um an athlete for example yeah. and you're a new art athlete and you compete against the bigger art athletes yeah, yeah? and you, you for example you do a, a martial arts or whatever and you know you you get in the second round and third round and all that so you, you're on the flow you know but you don't reach a final and you you get you get kicked out of the third place or fourth place you yeah know? You're, dif you're disappointed but all in all, if you look back, you know, you've made you're, it, you're you've happy. made it very far. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, in a way like that, you know, mm -hmm. so you, you're happy with all the success, you know, yeah. it, you know, it would be nice. If it was bigger, but then there's also a lot, of, lot, <laughs> yeah. lot less, you know, successful. So you're happy with what, with what you get. Yeah. So st st statistically, what has been your biggest track? Would you say? Castle of Castles, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. So um, it's not always well. It depends, like, but in in regards of of success, like being known by people and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. it, but sometimes there's tracks that make money. 
that you don't even know that make money, mm -hmm. but they're not known for the big audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you could do it. You could do an advertisement uh, song. Yeah. Which makes you more money than you ever made with another track. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody knows about it that it's yeah. you or whatever. So so. But in regards of people like success. Uh, and people knowing the songs and all that, it's probably castles, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So during the, like, so you're going to like sort of 2010 to 2020 sort of time, what, 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 like, can you tell us some of the projects you were doing at the time? So obviously you've got the Ian Van Dahl thing, but what other aliases were you working as and what, what genres of music were you doing? Or, or and you don't need to tell me them all, but any, any of note at that time? I don't know. The The problem with music is unless it is something very, very successful, Yeah. nobody knows about it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So you can do tons of things which are okay and then still people don't know it because it's... It's limit. not on the mainstream. It's, or, yeah, it's yeah. not on the mainstream. Yeah. For example, we did thousands and thousands of songs and for so basically what you do is you, you try to reinvent yourself yeah so so um in the periods after a project you say okay let's do a different project or do something else so you try to do different projects and you start different projects and you, yeah. you try to create new sounds and all that the problem with music is in order to do something like that it takes time Mm -hmm. So you can easily work six months in a year on something. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, you kind of lost the year. Mm. Yeah. Which it's not, but yeah. it feels like that. If I know, I know where you're coming from. I think that's just in any art form, though, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Like, it's, it's not just music. It's it, it's over everything. You, see, you hear a lot of people who put a lot of heart and soul into, like, an independent release mm -hmm. um, of a movie. And yeah. it could be... I've seen. I, I'm a big follower of watching independent movies because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that it might not get promoted, but it's gold. It's better than anything that could mm -hmm. be on the the mm -hmm. hot in Hollywood. And mm -hmm. I, and as as frustrating but, as it is, but it's, let's say uh, you want to make a movie. Yeah. And you you have you have your script. You have to rewrite your script and rewrite really? your script until you you like. Oh, this is good. And then you have to find the art, the, 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 the actresses and art actors who want to do it. Yeah. And it takes time to get them because you don't have the funding. So you have to find the funding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after what it's easily five, six years b before you can even start filming the project that you wanted. Yeah. So what did, what had, you know, if, if I ask you, what have you been doing this last five, six years? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Because it feels like you haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah, I know you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's basically like that. Between, personally, I don't think we did a lot. Yeah. In that 10 years. Yeah. But we, we actually did a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, I, the, I, we, we, we try to find new sounds, new songs, new styles and all that. So you do a couple projects. Yeah. They're not that successful. They were okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, I think one was uh, at a radio and they, they did the like hit or miss or something. Yeah. And they had actually one of my projects in it. And I'm like, do you actually know this? I didn't even know that they know it. So, yeah. um, 
but I did a lot of writing for other artists like yeah. Two Vibes and Bass Lovers and um, um, Real Booty Babes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We did um, we did a project One More Angel and we did so we did a lot of uh, also for that's another one if you do let's say i do write something for a spanish dj mm -hmm. you never heard of you know yeah. is it successful or not you know yeah. it could, you, i had a top 10 in spain but nobody knows it here yeah so it's it's if i mention it nobody cares because nobody <laughs> knows it you know yeah what I, mean? I know you're success from, is yeah. very yeah. relative you know it's, yeah. it depends where you, you know there's you can have a hit in one record in one country and nobody knows it in the other one. Yeah, yeah. It, it works even in regions in this area. Yeah. In regions, there's some tunes that's that's yeah. big. But just an example, and um, no disrespect or anything. Yeah. But for example, Ultra Beat, yeah. Pretty Green Eyes, it's absolute anthem in the UK. Yeah. Nobody knows it in Belgium, for example. Yeah. Like zero. Or Holland or Spain, yeah. nobody knows it. So if I mention, in, let's say I'm in Spain, I say, "Well, I did pretty green eyes." Yeah. Nobody would know it. Yeah, yeah. So that's how relative things are. I had Eurodance projects, for example, which are classics in Belgium, for example. But if I mention them here, nobody knows them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard to say, well, what have you been doing? Or, you know, yeah. I could mention 10 names and nobody would even know any of them. Yeah. But they did all right. Yeah, and yeah. I know you so, come from absolutely. <clears throat> and then we, what I did is, for example, the stuff for TV. So yep. basically, you're sick and tired also a little bit about the music industry. So you look about, you look for different ways of generating money and different ways to express yourself. Yeah. Um, um, and, 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 and use your talent and all that. So, and one of the things I always, always loved was music for TV and film games, yeah. advertising, all that which I never had the opportunity while I was with the label because they didn't want me to do it. Yeah. So when I left the label, I was like, okay, now I'm going to try this. Mm -hmm. And between leaving the label and now, I did manage like, I think it's around 4,000 placements. Not bad, is it? So that's music that has been used in all sorts. So yeah. it goes from... Um, Pin My Ride to Ugly Betty to CSI to Sky Patrol, um, <laughs> EastEnders, Home and Away, um, Traffic Cops, yeah. uh, Miss Universe Elections, uh, Netflix series mm -hmm. like uh, Skins, and you know, so, yeah. so that's also for me something that i'm proud of yeah you know? it's not something like like if i mentioned castles yeah everybody knows hmm. but i'm as much proud of having the thousands of songs On, being used yeah. in tv and film and games that maybe everybody yeah. heard but didn't know i did yeah you know what i mean but that's also an achievement and i, I like, like all these i like all these achievements and it's as much something to be proud of than yeah. anything else absolutely so, and when i did this so i so i did that and then i said okay let's try other styles of music mm -hmm. so that's because i have goals like the dance you know i had a trance hits i had trance hits club hits i had commercial hits 
So I was I had TV music and film music and all that. So I'm like, okay, what's next? Yeah. And then my other goal is to have music in different genres of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To do like for example, I'm now creating K-pop. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, like Korean boys yeah, bands, yeah, yeah. and I have J-pop, the Japanese one. So I do these things. I do urban. I do um, so. Why? Because I want to try to be successful in it. Yeah. And. You know, if it I can creatively manage, filled as well. Yeah, if I can, if you know, how cool is it to have hits in one genre or in t several genres, and then say, well, that K-pop song that's you know is a big hit in Japan. That's actually also me, and this urban track that you know this mm. big rapper is doing. That's also me. You know, that's impressive. That's yeah, something yeah. like that gives you motivation. Because I can't do trance, you know, but I've done that, you know. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, let's try other things. And then look back at your life at the end and say, well, I did in these genres. I actually was successful in multiple genres yeah. of music and I did all these things. And that gives your, like, your career more sense than just having one record. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I agree with you. Um, that's That was fantastic, by the way, what you've just explained there. Like, it's... I think success, like you say, success is relative to those who, to, to like, for instance, if there's people out there that's making um, movie scores and stuff for TV mm -hmm. and they see your achievements of what you've done, they'll be like, wow, that's mm -hmm. really good. But then to everyone else, it might not mean nothing. Yeah. Um, you having a hit within the dance trans industry, everyone will love the Ian Van Dahl stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you go to somebody yeah. who likes rock music, they're like, yeah, it's, it is just it's just yeah. relative, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to move on for um part two. Um. Obviously, you said you'd never seen the podcast before, so this part two of the podcast is more interactive for the listeners. So what I'm going to do is got a couple of questions and a couple of activities to go through. Is that all right? We'll do that. Okay. Um. So is it live or is it from other ones before that? No, it's this like, is what people have wrote in. You see. So you said I'm going to interview Ian Van Dahl. Do you have questions for him and then? No, these are these are varied of what people have said. So I don't okay. I don't don't name the okay. guest you see. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I do a thing called flop a bop. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna read you five tracks and you tell me if the flops if you don't like them or mm -hmm. bop if you if you like them and you would play them in your sets for instance or something like that. Yeah, but that's also relative. Yeah, or it's just your because, opinion. Because for example, I like. I like all styles of music, everything. Yeah. yeah. But what people expect me to play is a little bit limited. Like, let's say they do a remember uh, or like a clubland anthem mm -hmm. evening. Yeah. They expect, oh, there's Ian Van Dahl. They expect him to play Castles, Will I, all these songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they expect me to play all the other ones, the clubland anthems, you know. Yeah. In, you know, ish. Yeah. yeah. So I can't play rock songs for <laughs> Clubland night, for yeah. example. And like tonight, we uh, I'm playing Clubland. Yeah, I'll have to do Clubland songs. You yeah. know, you come, you know. Imagine me playing Shumba Wamba. You know, <laughs> <laughs> everybody would be like, "What the fuck is this?" You know? Yeah, I so, know exactly so, what you mean. So, it, I think saying I would put it in my set is relative because okay, I'm, okay, I'm not mostly, putting it, but I'll, 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 I can say I like it or not. Okay, so, we'll do that then. If I know that, I hope I will know. Oh, you know, I've tried to make them as... Um, so it's just what people have wrote in. Um, they, they've, they've put strong suggestions forward yeah. and I've suited it to each guest. So uh. don't worry about me. So this is Flop or Bop. 
with Ian Van Dahl, um, and we're going to kick things off with DJ Sammy Heaven Flopper Wop. Of course, good. I, I, it's, it's a hit. It's, it's a, a, I, I, I mentioned to you, Bob, because I even want. I, he asked me to do the remix. I was doing the remix and the label said, you can't do the remix. So I'm still angry about it because I love the song. And I, I said, Sammy, I really want to do the remix. So, so absolutely. Is there a story behind this one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just coincidence that bad. That was in there when we were talking about it before. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a bop. Um, Trinity X Forever. Uh, bop, I think it's underestimated. So, I but I have to be honest, I don't like the original version. I think it needs a, a, a better version, like uh, beefier. Beefier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know what you mean. I'm, all, I'm still trying to find like a good, or I'll, I'll end up making one myself. So, <laughs> but that's from a DJ point of view. Yeah. So I like I like the song a yeah. lot, and I think was it Ultra Beat who made a remix? Trinity uh, Extra. There was, there's been so many. Um, and I think also uh, Kenny Hayes. I yeah, think Kenny Hayes did. did, yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple okay, good remixes. Yeah. But like, it, it, for my set with the songs I play, I, I, I was like, it, I want one that is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more banging. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's a good song though. Yeah. Uh, next one Stars and Breeze featuring Karen Danzig, Heartbeats. Good song, good song. I like, I like, uh, yeah, I like um, stuff that Darren does. Mm -hmm. Does it's like uh, that's one of the artists that I like. Oh, good, good. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He has a bunch of great songs. He's always, he's always ahead of the curve as well, isn't he? When it when it comes yeah, to, to but it's stuff. like you know you have goes from 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 um, um, what's the one with. Uh, with the guitar one from Darren. Uh, come running. Save, save me. Oh. I've come running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these ones to switch, you know, all yeah. these things. Plus, I have to be honest, I did the. He remade my song. So I did Darren Styles, Ollie James, and then Didi Forever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit influenced because I actually work with him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But he's a great artist. It's always nice to see him. And I actually think he has great songs. It's a bit faster, so like like the heartbeat is. I I like it more in a hardcore set. Mm -hmm. So like when I did the DJ set with Rob, and you do a one sixty five one seventy BPM. Yeah, it it fits better. Yeah, but it's a great song. Yeah, so, absolutely. Did you they? It's it's all club anthems, so they they they're, they're all anthems, you know. Yeah, no, but how can I be against per, no, it? No, but personally, there's a, it's, it's down to your personal taste, isn't it? There's some people I know. That there's a lot of people out there who don't like heaven, for instance. There is a lot of people out there. Why? Because it's cheesy. Maybe because it's cheesy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I went. I never was that happy. They did. They did a um, like a, how you say it. Um, like a top 10 or something yeah. you know people had to vote and they said which one is the cheesiest and shittiest trans record ever 
<laughs> and I th- it was castles on one and heaven on two. I've never been that happy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of your achievements. It's relative. <laughs> yeah, because because <laughs> you're happier number one. Yeah, you know, yeah, because it means something. You know, it, it gets. But yeah. Because I know it's because it's commercial. Yeah. It's, it's look. It's even on castles. Let's be honest. There's a lot of trans people. Yeah, the clubland lo- love it, but yeah. like trans people. They don't like castles. Yeah. They say it's cheesy. Yeah. I even know that like Paul Van Dyke was like, oh, is ca- if even without castles in the sky is trans, I'm not a trans DJ or something. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Which is funny because the next week after he actually licensed one of my songs. but <laughs> <laughs> So, but let's be honest, it was Chesto playing it at that time. Yeah. Ferry Corsten playing it. Armin yeah. Van Buren playing it. So it should... It, Nobody can tell, you know, he's like, like Paul Van Dyke is still the god of trance music. Yeah. He was playing the song, so you can't tell me it's cheesy if them are playing it. Yeah. You know, it's just because it was in the charts and then everybody's like, oh, I don't like commercial music. Yeah. It's just in the charts. You know, the song didn't change. Yeah. So that's why I was happy it was in the she's, she's number one. <laughs> uh, next one, DJ Gene the launch. problem is i know him like i know his character <laughs> he's not the easiest guy <laughs> but the song is okay it's, yeah it's, it's, it's i wouldn't be unhappy if i was the one who wrote that song yeah 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 oh so, absolutely yeah yeah so he's a bit of a prick but <laughs> that's the only problem yeah I, I always find that myself as well this is this is something i always find that see if it's an absolute asshole that's done the track right i will not play that track like if i've had personal experience with somebody if i met you today right yeah. and i thought what an ass i would never play even vandal again <laughs> just and uh, i'd be like dead petty over it. i'd delete everything off yeah. my hard drive <laughs> i uh, i actually i do play it i play the launch but i play it in a mesh i i have like a mashup with um bonkers Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Dizzy Rasco yeah, yeah, yeah. and and Jean the long mm-hmm. bunker launch or whatever. Yeah. So that actually works. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and the last one for Flopper Bop is Living Joy Dreamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with, with um, who did the remake of it? Because Breeze was it Breeze Mark? Oh, I'm not sure who done the remake of it. Uh, there's been there's been a couple of like versions of it. I know there's there's been a couple of like bootlegs that's, yeah. that's came out. But I do like the original one. Yeah. I like all these like Live and Joy, Black Box, um like the, the it's very soulful, house. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I like the old uh Robin S, uh, mm. all these things so that it was like the it's it's the nineties M one um yeah, the, the organ uh, era. era yeah 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 definitely m1 most used uh, yeah. since in the 90s it started, yeah, it started making a comeback as well you know <laughs> um so this next one's called throwback attack so basically i'm going to ask you about certain periods of your life and then you tell me the first song that comes to mind is that, so is that all right um it doesn't need to be dance music it can be ent- the, just the first song that comes to mind okay Okay. So, so this is throwback attack with Ian Van Dahl, and it is what song do you think of when you think back to primary school? Uh, 
What what age is that primary school? So it'd be ages four to eleven. I think it was in my oh, trying to remember. Because <laughs> I had a weird I always had a weird taste of music. Yeah. But weirdest taste of music. Yeah. Because I know for example, I had one of my first singles was Salt and Pepper. Yeah, push it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a tune. Salt and Pepper push it. But then another one was I was always watching the the young ones yeah, 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 yeah. on TV and I had the single with Cliff Richard and the young ones yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, living doll. Yeah. Because I would I, I thought it was funny because they were taking the piss of out, out of out of uh, out yeah. of him. Yeah. But it still, you know, it was a big so I had like the weirdest taste. I did like Queen. Yeah. So, but before it was cool to like Queen. Yeah. Because people were always like, why do you like Queen? It's it was ridiculous music. Yeah. So I I liked all these. Like I, I I wasn't afraid to like stuff that wasn't popular. Popular to like. Mm -hmm. So, but and then at age eleven, like a little bit changed because then I got influenced by. You know, like Guns N' Roses. Okay. The, so that's my next question. What song do you think of when you think of secondary school? Yeah. So basically, it was a, 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 a struggle for me because I want, I like, I liked, like, you look for what your flavors is and your taste and yeah. all that. So one side you had the whole 90s rock, 80s, 90s rock that, yeah. you know, like the Guns N' Roses, but Pearl Jam. Um, big hair and yeah distorted guitars <laughs> so you had that but then at that time i was also watching i um for example dr dre but the other dr dre and flavor flavor yeah which th they did um uh, umtv raps and all that stuff yeah. so I, I was basically influenced with everything that had to do with music i know it's weird because i know lots of kids they have like a genre and mm -hmm. they're like, I have to be cool. I have to be like fan of the cure. And, and the other one is I like rock music and it's only rock music existed. Yeah. yeah. While I was very open-minded about it, things. Yeah. So I could go from, you know, the old early NWA Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and, and all these, uh, for example, I have all the CDs yeah. of the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Yeah. But then I also listened to Rage Against the Machine and and uh, I had all the Guns N' Roses, uh, Appetite for Destruction, all these things. I had yeah. the Black Album from Metallica. All. Yeah. So it went from one side to the to other. Me. I wasn't limited to anything. It's like me. If you had to name one from your school times, or what's the first song that comes to your head? From my school time? Hmm. I don't know. If you had to look back and then you would just see yourself no, doing, being growing know. up, what's the tune that's playing in the background? I don't know. I only know, for example, when I was a baby, like a little kid, I know it was um, the, the, um, your body, my body, everybody, you body, what's it called again? <laughs> the, I know the tune, oh, I know the again. tune. I can't remember it, but in the, in my youth, it's hard to say. Yeah, 
it can i don't know it could go from europe the final countdown to to vanilla ice 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 baby to right we'll say them two then for that one <laughs> i don't know it's I, uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna regret that i said that but <laughs> what song do you think of when you first um go back to the days of you first going out so like to clubs and stuff like that what's the the early years so to say what was the the tunes yeah but the problem is i'm i'm from belgium yeah no, but so, you can say the Belgium so tracks. So all the, the all the Belgium tracks, nobody would know them here. Like in England, nobody would know them, but then like in Belgium, they would be popular. Mm -hmm. Like all the bonsai re releases mm -hmm. or like Poogie Bear mm. and um, uh, like uh, Universal Nation Push, yeah. you know, all these things. But these are not really popular. Like, yeah. Like lambda, hold on tight. Right. I think nobody would know it. I don't know plus, it, but yeah, no, but it's two full you. moon and the trout. Okay. Uh, Union Jack. Mm -hmm. It's like nobody knows it, but it's a complete. It's an absolute anthem where I live. And the funny part is, it's still used as DJs. It's the I go. I'm going to the toilet uh, track. Yeah, yeah, the longer, the longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. so the song is 12 minutes. <laughs> so if you really had to go to the toilet, yeah. I'm talking like the underground clubs where you do the five, six hours yeah. sets. Yeah, and you really had to mid-set. You had like, oh, I really have to go. Yeah. You put that one on because it's 12 minutes and it's break after break after break. So yeah. you're like, okay, now I have 12 minutes. I can rush to the toilet, go to the toilet, come back. <laughs> That's the next one. Excellent. Uh, and the last one is... Um, what song do you think of when you think right here, right now, today? What, if today's world, what's the currently doing it for you? Could be one of your own. It could be, could be something that you heard. Now I don't know, but for example, what I do know is when my daughter was born. Yeah. It was Ruby Ruby. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's something. Like if I heard, I hear. Uh, Kaiser Chiefs. I'm always have to think about the birds. Yeah, of that's a, that's so that's, that's something connections to yeah. certain memories and stuff. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and then we've got a couple of questions for some people. And the funny part is, uh, Genie, who does the MCing for yeah. me, his kid was born on castles on the in the sky. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> Every time he hears it, he doesn't even think of you. He thinks of his kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've got um, a question and this is from, so it's all right, lad, loving these podcasts, uh, even if I'm a bit behind lol, uh, any plans for coming to the Northeast anyways, love the podcast and hopefully I can catch you at a live event sometime over here in the Northeast. Um, PS, I've got a question for the guest. Uh, would you rather have nipples for fingers or fingers for nipples? Just a bit of fun. And that's from Liam Jackson. Yeah. What? This is the quality of um, questions Nipples. we get, man. Northeast was um, there's a Newcastle guy. Yeah. <laughs> nipples for fingers, fingers for nipples. Yeah. They all love it in Newcastle, haven't they? <laughs> the problem is I really need my fingers. Yeah. So anything that looks like fingers. Yeah. So but it's a funny view to... I would, I would have played... So I would play with my tits. <laughs> so there, there's your answer Liam man. there's your answer um, and last question for the day is 
Hey up, Brad. I seen a debate on Facey the other day. What's your opinion on promoters catfishing social media by editing photos of events or using pictures from other people's events in the same venue or them even going to the extreme and having booked DJs or bands knowing fine well they're not coming and that's from Anonymous. Um, my opinion on this, you can put yours out there. My opinion on this is I think it's scummy. I think if you're using other people's photos for your events to promote it and you're a promoter, that's not promoting, that's fucking, you're ripping people off, mate. That's it. That's my opinion. Uh, whether that's a strong opinion or not, I don't know, but how pissed off would you be if you put an Ian Vandal event on and you're playing and there's a picture of you DJing to the crowd and somebody else used it because they're using the same venue as you? It's just not on, is it? I see it happens. It happens a lot, but yeah, it's wrong. <laughs> I know, because sometimes I see my picture that I'm pretty sure I took the picture because it was me on stage taking the picture. Yeah. So, and then they take take it off and then use it. So, but I'm not that poor. Look, I can only look at myself. Yeah. So, all on, on the social media, mm -hmm. the pictures I post are the ones I took. Yeah, exactly. Or it's the photographer who yeah. is with me. And he shares it with me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't use other people's pictures and say, yeah. I, I'll, that's me there. No, it's not me. You know, I, I will use You would it. never dare to use somebody else's photos off for their gig. It's, it's but, embarrassing. But they, they're going to find out anyway. <laughs> yeah. As I think people like that do get found out. You know what I mean? Um, and for the last one for today, this is what I ask everyone, mate. So um, you're about to get the electric chair because... Um, you've lost your lawsuit case for whatever reason and they've said, you know what, we'll bring him back the death penalty. Christoph is going, see you later. You've got one more meal, right? You can have a starter, main, dessert and a drink. Uh, what are you having? <laughs> so we'll go with starter. What are, you, are you a big foodie? Do you like food? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's... Oh, it depends. Like... It depends the food I like or the ones that have emotional value. Either or. You know what I mean? Like, like, like my grandmother, she, she was like, you know, like you have the Italian mama yeah. who cooks everything. Well, she was Yaya, so she's Greek. Yeah. So what she would do is come to the house and then the first thing would do, would, what she would do is kick everybody out of the kitchen and she would do the, the cooking. The cooking. While she wasn't even in her own kitchen, yeah, you know, so and she would, for example, make like stuffed chicken, yeah, with well, like with feta cheese and pine pits and rice or something, right, stuffed into the chicken, nice, you know, with roast potatoes and stuff like that. This could be the best one, yeah, I think. So and then because one, it's great because yeah. it's like the chicken, it's it's really it, it has lemon in it, so yeah. it's like soft. Yeah. But then it's crispy on the outside, yeah. and then you have the potatoes with the oregano and the, and the, or, uh, you know all these uh, herbs in it. Yeah. But on top of that, it's nostalgic. It's as well. nostalgic. So you you eat it, and then you remember all the good times with your grandmother and all that. Yeah. So that's that's something I would. Okay, so that's your main, right? That's the main. What are you going for for starter? I like that, by the way. I think that could be the best one yet we've had. Starter. Oh. I don't know. Maybe something weird, like um, um, I'm trying to find the word in English. Uh, <laughs> um, it's sweet bread. 
Yeah, like a brioche. No, sweet bread. Oh. It's the galls from this, the oh. from the veal. All oh, right, I've never had it. I wouldn't know. No, you never have to Google it. it. So yeah, I'm going after now. So basically, it's is really because it takes age. Like it's weird food, and probably a lot of people would say, Ugh, yeah. you know, because it's 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 um, some of one of it's an organ. Mm. Yeah. But what they do is they you need to clean it, cook it in in like milk and all that. So it take it's a whole process to do it, mm-hmm. and it's like, um, what you do is you make sure that the outside is crispy. And then the inside is still soft. Yeah, it has a really specific taste. It's not for everybody. So, but it, it's like because I like weird foods. Yeah, like I never order the average things. For example, if I would go to a restaurant, I would not order pasta. Yeah, with sauce or a steak. Yeah. Because I can make my own steak and I can make my own pasta. Yeah. I eat too much too much pasta already, so I would order something I don't know. So any restaurant I go, I yeah. order things I don't know or like rarely eat. Yeah, I like yeah. that by the way. Like so and I would like to go to all different kinds. So I would go to a Mexican restaurant and then to like a Lebanese and to yeah. an African restaurant. Like uh, everything I see, like I, I, I saw Ethiopian restaurant. Yeah. Like I've never been to an Ethiopian restaurant. I'll try so it, I definitely. went and tried it. So it wasn't the biggest success, but I tried it. So I can say, yeah, I tried it. Yeah. So, and that's why the sweet bread, because it's like out of the ordinary. Yeah. I would, I try everything from sheep's tail to, to yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, and then as dessert. The problem is I'm like lactose intolerant. Yeah. But I like ice cream. Yeah. But I, I can't have it. So yeah. that it's like it like a nice pot of Ben and Jerry's or something. Well, or, do you know something? You get in the electric chair, so does it really matter? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, okay. So a big <laughs> so pot of what flavor like, Ben and Jerry's? <laughs> I don't know, maybe like with the fudge or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like that's chocolate fine. or nice. something like that. It's not a bad or choice. like a, or like a really special dessert. Yeah. I had it one time, like Alaskan ice or something. I've heard of that, yeah. So it's like the ice cream, and there is meringue around it. Yeah. And then you, they put it on fire or something. It's like it has a flame on it. So, nice. it's, but you have to do it fast because it's outside is warm and the ice cream is 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 cold. Yeah. So you have to do it before it melts. That's Sounds really amazing. Nice one. You could have give the best answer yet for for this, you know, uh, and to wash it all down. What you have a drink of. It doesn't need to be alcoholic. It can be anything you like. Yeah, because I don't really drink. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you English people are really good drinkers. They but, drink a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm like sometimes I'm baffled because of the amount of drinks somebody can do. So, <laughs> I don't drink wine. I don't drink beer. Yeah. I do sometimes do like a spirit or a mixer. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. Uh, Vodka or tequila or yeah, like, like you know, I can I can drink it like or daiquiri, daiquiri, yeah. daiquiri, how you say it? Daiquiri, yeah, yeah, or like baby Guinness or tequila yeah. rose or something. But it's very moderate. Yeah, my favorite drink is just like iced tea. Iced tea, but well, then no bubbles. Okay, but like uh, San Benedito or something like the Italian. There's like Italian brand. Yeah, that make it so you can't even. 
I go to the store all the time to try to find iced teas, mm. and your aisle is like there's only two or three. Yeah, two iced teas. Yeah, there's I two know. iced teas. If you go to places like in Italy or where I live in Belgium, yeah. the whole aisle is it's full iced of iced teas. teas. Yeah. You could have like 50 different ones. So I, I'm always frustrated when, when I want to mm. get an iced tea. So, yeah. but yeah, San Benedetto iced tea lemon. Then it's good. I'm happy. It's good. Yeah. Don't need to be any alcohol. <laughs> Excellent, mate. So we're just going to tie today up if that's all right. Um, just want to say thank you for coming on. Okay. It's been an absolute pleasure and we've had a really good laugh and okay. it's been good to get to know you, mate. Um, where can people find you? Where's it? Where? So you've got your gigs and then what? Uh, you've got your Instagram page and stuff online and Spotify or? Yeah, basically. So I'm not a big, big, big fan of social media. So I told myself I'm just going to use one and try to use it as much as possible. Yeah. So for the... I mean, as a, as an artist, so I do most of it on the Instagram. Yeah, where I post it, and that's uh, IVD DJ. So yeah. IVD underscore DJ. Yeah, and that's yeah. So I'm, they took the Invandal one, and then I can't use it. Yeah. So that's why I do IVD underscore DJ. Yeah, and then. You've got it then, isn't then, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then they can see all the pictures, the real ones, not the fake ones. The, <laughs> the real photos. So, and yeah. then I hope to see people on the road. So, yeah. I do lots of the Clubland ones. I do yeah. 90s events and stuff. So, I'm I'm from Scotland to Bognor Regis. I yeah. do all the So, anybody in England. There's always a chance to see There's you. There's always a chance yeah, to yeah. see me, yeah. Uh, I just want to say, if you've made it this far of the podcast, thank you very much for watching. Um, you can catch. All these podcasts at It's Time to Refresh on on all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, then please share it with your mates because that's how we grow our platform. And what an episode this has been, hasn't it? Uh, let me know your thoughts of the episode in the comments below. Uh, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. And if you've enjoyed it that much, you can sign up at our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash It's Time to Refresh. And it's from as little as £3 a month just to support the cause and the production of this podcast. Just want to say thank you and I'll see you later. Nice one.